We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On the line with us now is the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by Caesar Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250, and if you don't win, you'll get, get it back as a free bet. All right, we're with the aforementioned Trey Wingo, who joins us every week here to talk some NFL and some Eagles who continue to be the lone undefeated team in the NFL. Trey, last week the um, you know the Eagles go down to Houston, and it was actually more competitive earlier than I think people maybe thought it would be, 14-14 at the half, but then they just get going in the second half. It, it, Trey, it's pretty amazing that they didn't play their A game, and they still won the game by 12 points. What was your thought watching the Eagles last week as they uh, they got past the Texans? Well, always good to be with you. And, you know, every once in a while, a good team's going to do that little thing uh, when you're a kid and you just sort of play with your food before you eat it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the doldrums of the season sometimes step in. And, you know, the, tennis, the, the, the Texans came out pretty strong and fired up and looked really good early. Um, and then it was just a matter of attrition. You know, the, the Eagles didn't make the mistakes. Davis Mills made the mistakes, and they did what they were supposed to do, win going away. But, you know, it, it's going to happen. Like we saw that. With the, uh, with the Bills in that Sunday night game against the Packers, they could have beaten the Packers by any number they wanted to. And, you know, they scored on them, what, their first four drives, and then it was like, all right, let's just, let's just get through this. And it, it, it's, it's an indication of how good the team is, but it's also something that really good teams have to sort of be wary of. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they, of course, and they'll have to be worried that as this undefeated uh, talk continues to build here, Trey. And um, last week, Jalen Hurts played another whale of game. I mean, he's starting to stack these really, really good games up now, Trey. When you look at Jalen Hurts' season, what he's done, where do you put him right now in the MVP race? Let's say I handed you a ballot right now, Trey. I said you could write down three names. How would you order them? Well, the three names would be Josh uh, Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes. Those would be the three names. Now, I, and I say that because I know how the MVP voting goes. Like, it's crazy. The MVP vote is essentially who's the best quarterback on the best team. Like, that's, that's what the MVP has become. So let's just be honest about that. Like, that's, that's the standard. That's what everyone's going for. So the question then becomes, okay, how do you stack those three names? Well, I think for the majority of the season, you, you would have looked at Josh and said, okay, I really like what he's doing, and, and I would have put him at the top of the list. But he's had six bad quarters in a row now, okay? So you go look, we talked about the second half of that Packers game where they just sort of were messing around and not really doing anything. Uh, and then he, it, it was an ugly game on Sunday, and now we have the injury situation with Josh, and he, you know, he, he's listed his day-to-day. They're not sure if he's going to play uh, this Sunday against, uh, against the Minnesota team, which we should talk about because that's going to be a fascinating game. And then the other one is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think at this point, honestly, I would probably put – this is so hard. Uh, I think I would probably put Mahomes 1, Allen 2, and Hurts 3. And you know what? The crazy part is this probably goes right down to the end. You know, if the Eagles continue to be the undefeated yeah. team and, and they have the best record, it certainly could be Hurts. But you're right about what the MVPs become. Now, just quick question. I know Peter King – 
um, had put in his Monday morning, uh, Football Morning America a few weeks ago that his idea was to change the MVP balloting. How do you think it should be? Because in other sports... You know, they have first place, second place, third place. You know, it could go to five to ten, depending on the award. I think that would be more fair, and maybe that that give a chance to somebody else because it does feel weird sometimes where a quarterback like a Hertz or whoever has a great year, but they don't get a single vote because the other guy just had a little bit of a better year. Right. Yeah, I, I do love that idea, and I think it's great, and I, that's why I love reading Peter's column every week. Um, like, for, for example, it's, it's funny to say this now after the season he's had so far in Denver, but, like, Russell Wilson's never received a single MVP vote, not one, which seems very bizarre. So, yeah, I would love to see the vote stacked at least three deep uh, and maybe as far as five, and then you tally it up with a point, point total, and you might get a very different result instead of who's the best quarterback on the best team. I, I am 100% in on that. So if the Eagles continue to play the way they are, they're, they're going to be awarded with something, if not the MVP. The yeah. favorite right now, and I'm sure you know this, Trey, the favorite for the Coach of the Year award is Nick Sirianni. When, when you handicap ha- Coach of the Year, if you were handing out that award, I always think it's interesting because there's different ways we all look at it. Sirianni is right. the head coach of an undefeated team. If he goes 16-1, and he probably wins the award. But my mind always gravitates towards – Coaches that are taking teams that weren't supposed to be there, like Pete Carroll, I think he's doing an incredible Agreed. job. So how would you stack that up? Sirianni certainly has a real case. He's the favorite. But I, I look at what Pete Carroll's doing, and I say, man, that's an incredible job too. Well, listen, and it's, I'm glad you said that because despite what our good friends in New York City think, it is not a two-person race between Robert Sala and Brian Dayball. Now, I want to be clear, they've both done an amazing job. And uh, you could make the argument that both of them are winning with less than stellar quarterback play specifically uh, on Robert Sala's side with, with what's going on with Zach Wilson this year. He just has been average. His best is average, and his less than average is bad. So, you know, that, that's a real feather in Sala's cap. But I'm so glad you mentioned Pete Carroll. Like, we've seen Geno Smith, okay? We've seen what he's been everywhere else he's played. This is a different Geno Smith. So I would absolutely have to put Pete Carroll in the mix with everything that's going on. And I'd also add one more. Um, Mike Vrabel is ridiculously good. They took the Chiefs to overtime Sunday night without a single reception from a wide receiver. Just think about that. Like, A.J. Brown himself has more, has more receiving yards than the entire whatever the receiving core is in Tennessee. And until that loss on Sunday night football, they had ripped off five straight wins. They were 5-2 and two going into that game at Arrowhead. It's the first regular season game, by the way. Uh, in the last six that the Titans have lost uh, against Kansas City. They beat them up 27-3 to last year when everyone was freaking out what was wrong with the Chiefs. And I'm like, they stop turning the ball over, they'll be fine. It's really not that difficult. But I would put, abs- absolutely put Mike Brable in the mix as well because I'm with you. If someone does more with less, and it's not taking anything away from Sirianni, but like, like what coach wouldn't want Devontae Smith on one side and A.J. Brown on the other side and Dallas got, got it over the middle? I mean, that's a, that's a full – cabinet of, of weapons at your disposal. Mike Vrabel has none of that. And and the job that he's been doing in Tennessee has been absolutely fascinating. We're talking to Trey Wingo here, weekly NFL chat. Trey, and I'm looking at the standings right now, AFC, NFC. And one thing that I, I keep coming back to is it feels different than the NFL than we had just four or five years ago, where it was like, if you don't have a high-powered passing game and you're not a pass-first yeah. team, you have no chance. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of teams that are built on defense and running the football. You mentioned the Jets. Salah's doing a great job, despite Zach Wilson just not being there yet. Tennessee, you said it. I mean, 
they took the Chiefs with the best quarterback in the league to overtime without basically throwing the ball at all for the entire game. Do you, do you think we're seeing a shift? Where do you think this came from? Because it feels like it's a different kind of year where defense running the football, a lot of unders in these games, over-unders, that, that's yeah. where the league is right now. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. The defenses have finally sort of caught up with the offenses. Like, it comes in cycles. And, you know, for the last eight years, it's been all about offense, 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 you know, Madden, fantasy-style football. And the defense coordinators are like, finally, enough. And, and I think they sort of figured some things out. How about the Bears, by the way? On Sunday, the Bears rushed for 250-plus yards. They're the first team since the 1976 Steelers, the 76 Steelers, to rush for at least 225 yards in four straight games. You want to talk about doing it decidedly old school. Now, granted, a lot of that is Justin Fields, but that's a great job by Matt Eberflus, who said, look, what does Justin Fields do well? These sprint rollouts, all these things, these boots, all that's the best thing for him. And he had a 61-yard touchdown run. You know, he had, he had 123 yards passing, and I think he had more than that running. I mean, like, they're finding ways to exploit their best athletes. I, I do think at the end of the day, quarterback play is going to be the deciding factor on who wins it all when it's all said and done. But we are absolutely seeing a shift from just throw, 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 throw uh, to a more balanced attack. And the more balanced you are, I, I think is a, is, a, is a better way to feel better about your team going forward. Trey, I have to ask, and, and I'm pretty sure, I'm trying to think back into in the timeline of things, I'm pretty sure you have a relationship with this person, you work with them. Yeah. What is your reaction to what, uh, what happened this week? Jeff Saturday, the interim head coach <laughs> of the Colts, I mean, obviously a great player and he knows the game, but I mean, th- this is just completely out of left field in terms of experience, you know, as an interim or, you know, a full-time coach. I mean, we ha- I think we could say fairly, he's one of the least you know, qualified or experienced coaches to ever run out of the tunnel on Sunday as an NFL head coach. First of all, what was your reaction? And two, what do you think is going on in Indianapolis right now? Well, yeah, my reaction was, my first reaction was like, really? Really? So I texted him, and I was like, dude, like, what's going on? He goes, nothing like the last 12 hours to completely change your life. Um, <laughs> you know, he had... He had coached his son's high school football team, Hebron Christian Academy outside of Georgia, and he enjoyed that. And I know he's, he's been a consultant with the Colts before. But I got to tell you, for just for total transparency here, I am completely biased when it comes to Jeff Saturday. Okay, so I'm coming to you from, from not a neutral position because he is one of my dear friends, like one of my best friends from all my years at ESPN. Like I would trust him with my family, my house, my car, my kids, everything. Uh, and so I, I have to put that disclaimer out there. I want it to go really well for him. I want, I want him to knock it out of the park. All that being said, I still can't believe they hired him. Okay? He's the first coach in the NFL to get a head coaching job without a single day of collegiate or NFL coaching experience since Norm Van Brocklin in the, in the early 1960s. That's how long we're talking about. And there has to be some sort of PR move here. That's part of this. Okay? We just have to acknowledge that. I was at the Colts-Chiefs game in week three, and I'm telling you there were more Jeff Saturday commercials in Naptown that weekend than there were Peyton Manning commercials. He is a revered figure in Indianapolis. And when the season has gone as poorly as it has, and the Colts have waved the white flag, you can't tell me they haven't, when they bench Matt Ryan, they fire their offensive coordinator, they go with Sam Ellinger, and now they fire Frank Reich, um, there's a PR spin to this that Jeff Saturday will be really good at. He had a great line from his press conference. He said, I kind of feel like I'm drinking from a fire hydrant, which is a, which is a really good way of saying, things are coming at me fast, man, and I'm not sure I can handle all of this. But I, I do know that he has an interest in doing this, 
And I think he is going to take these next eight games, I think, that they have and see if this is going to work out for him long term. And I think the Colts are approaching that the same way. I, I want it to go well. I don't think it will. Um, but because he's my friend, I want him to go out there and kick some ass. I'm just being honest about it. But, yeah, it was the head-scratcher of all head-scratchers. Yeah, and it's certainly great content for sports radio because I know now the next time the Eagles <laughs> struggle, people will call in and say, well, you got to hire you know this ex-player, whoever it is, to make him the head yeah. coach. Um, all right, let's end with this here, um, Trey. As we look forward to this coming week, the Eagles, Monday Night Football hosting the Commanders, about a 10.5, 11-point favorite, big favorite, obviously, in this game. It feels like the Commanders have played better football though over the past month. Heineke yes. now a quarterback. What do you make of this matchup on Monday? Listen, the, the, what I love about the Commanders, and by the way, there could be more to love about the Commanders with this press conference coming tomorrow from the Attorney General. So it's going to get really interesting around this team again. What I love about the Commanders is they, they don't mind a dogfight. They don't mind playing ugly. They don't mind getting scrappy. They don't mind getting dirty in the mud. And I think you know a lot of Eagles fans will appreciate that or understand that. They don't, they don't do things pretty. They do things ugly, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and, you know, Heineke is never going to be a guy you want to build your roster around, but he's also not a terrible guy to have on your team because of the way he plays and that scrappiness that we talked about that the entire team embodies. It's interesting, though, um, right now, and I think the line's going to hold, this will be the first time in the Super Bowl era, the Super Bowl era dating back to 1967, that the uh, – or 66, rather – excuse me, because uh, that be the first Super Bowl was in 60, January 67. It'll be the first time in the Eagles' history they've been a double-digit favorite three weeks in a row. And, oh, by the way, we talked about just Saturday in the Colts. That's their next opponent. Right now, the early line on that one is 10.5, so then it would be the first time ever in the Super Bowl era that the Eagles would be a double-digit favorite four weeks in a row. Um, it, it, you know, the, the, they'll, this will be ugly, but I think eventually the beauty of the Eagles' offense will find a way to win like they did in Week 3 when they took them down 24-8. to I think Hurts had, what, 340 yards passing and three touchdowns in that game. Yeah, he dominated them. It should be a fun night, Monday night, with the Commanders and the Eagles. Trey, always appreciate your chats. You have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Joe, anytime, buddy. Talk to you next week. That was the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by Caesars Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250, and if you don't win, you'll get it back as a free bet. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.